The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoopball Nets Podcast. So, this episode uh, is going to be slightly different from most of our episodes. We usually do two games, but for this episode, we're going to focus on the Timberwolves game. And for the majority of the episode, we're going to focus on the Karis LeVert injury. If you listen to our last episode, we're recording this, what, like 10 hours after we recorded the last one. So, we've gotten good news. Karis LeVert, the injury is not as bad as it looked. He (coughs) should be able to return, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, just a quick rundown of what we're going to do. We're going to recap the game quick and then get into the Karis LeVert injury. Before we get into things, make sure you guys go and follow us and subscribe to us on iTunes. You can search up Hoop-Ball or HoopBallNet, either one. Make sure to leave a rating and a five-star five star rating and a review. We're reading all the reviews on the podcast. But yeah, let's get into it. So, the Nets managed to lose to the Timberwolves. Oh, wait. The Nets managed no. Yeah. The Nets managed to lose to the Timberwolves 120 to 113 without having Robert Covington or Sarge playing yet, which they just acquired from the Jimmy Butler trade. Um Levert suffered his scary injury late in the first half. He went for a block and landed horribly on his ankle. It was super gruesome. I I wasn't watching the game. Were you watching? You was watching the game. Yeah, right? there were there's a lot of people who thought it was as bad as Gordon Hayward's injury. I I personally don't think so because you could tell from Gordon Hayward's injury immediately that his leg was in two pieces. You knew something was broken. For Lavert, you assumed it. It looked bad. But it turned out to be a lot less scary than what you watched on TV. Like his leg did bend the wrong way. And it did dislocate, but he went without any fractures and no serious ligament damage. So he's he's really lucky that that's how he's it turned really out. Lucky. When I first saw it, the first place I saw it was like most things, Twitter. It looked like a like I thought it was like a broken leg, a bro- like something crazy. But it was actually a dislocated right foot. Everyone I met thought he was going to keep him out for the season. Uh, but it was a dislocated right foot, no fractures, which is a miracle, moderate ligament damage, but the he, he should be able to return. Uh, we'll get to his timetable later. When when the injury occurred, the whole crowd went, went silent. Ronda Hollis-Jefferson cried. D'Lo had towels over his head. It was a scary moment for the entire crowd. Anthony Tolliver rallied all the Timberwolves players around the stretcher and had them praying for him. A lot of the Nets players... 
didn't really want a part of it because they were so torn apart that they couldn't even look at him like and and part of why it's so sad is because he was really like a breakout most improved player candidate probably the most improved player as of right now it was him and zach levine fighting for right now and it's just crazy that now he has no chance now, he could have been an all-star. We were going to talk about the I think funny he thing would is, have been an all-star. The funny thing is, one of our upcoming episodes is going to be, is Karis LeVert an all-star? And now we can't do it because he's not going to be an all-star. But he had a legitimate shot at being an all-star in the he Eastern Conference. He probably would have been. He's averaging 20 points, leading the Nets to the borderline playoffs right now. So... Um, back to the game here. The game itself, uh, 14 lead changes. The Wolves won the rebound battle 52-42. to They out-rebounded the Nets 19-9. to The Nets out-rebounded them 19-9. to On offensive rebounds. Yeah. The Nets won assists 28-26. to They won steals 10-8. to The Wolves won blocks 6-2. to And they managed to win turnovers again. I'm reading all of this, and it's like, why did the Nets not win? Yeah. <laughs> the, okay, so... The Nets won turnovers again, only turning over the ball 13, 13 times. times. Which is still in the double digits, but that's, they forced that's 23. That's slightly below their average. Double digits is fine. Everyone's going to average double digit turnovers. And if you average 14, the Nets have gone from the worst to the mid-tier. Top, I, no, I say top 10. They're, the, the rate they've been playing at over the last 14 days is top 5. And they are holding on to the ball and it it sucks to say but losing Lavert might actually help them even more with turnovers it could it, because Lavert handled the ball so much I don't think he averaged the most turnovers on the Nets team no per se, I think he was second but it'll limit the amount of people that have the ball in their hands so it could limit their turnovers um the shooting like I said shooting was the issue for the Nets it wasn't like any counting stats, but it was their ability, their inability to shoot the so, ball. They took twenty one more shots than the Timberwolves and made two less. That's crazy. They took hundred and one shots. The Timberwolves took eighty. Taking a hundred shots is already crazy. Yeah, the fact that they can only make forty of their one hundred and one that that's a problem. That's thirty nine point six percent from the field. They went eighteen of fifty. Half of their about half of their shots were three. They took. 53. 15 of those attempts were from the Russell. insane. They took 53s and the Timberwolves took 23. And they couldn't really hit their free throws. 15 of 22, 68.2%. The Timberwolves as a team made 42 shots on their 80 attempts. That's good for 52.5%. That's the second straight game they let an opponent shoot 50% on them. Yep. And 43.5% from three. 10 of 23. And... A ridiculous eighty three point nine percent from the line, twenty six of thirty one. On to like, like I said, like that's the second <coughs> game they let their opponent shoot fifty percent on them. The Warriors, fine, we get it's the Warriors, but the Timberwolves without Jimmy Butler, that like you should not allow them to have shoot fifty percent on you. On to the box score. Old reliable Joe Harris wasn't so reliable. He had eight points on three of fifteen shooting with six rebounds in thirty three minutes. He was two of nine from three. So between him and D'Lo, they took half of their three point attempts. 
I mean, I, I, we call him old reliable, but obviously he's going to struggle. But out of all the Nets players, I feel like he's been the most consistent. Yeah, this was his first really bad game like this, where he took a ton of shots and was inefficient. Public enemy number one, Jared Dudley, had eight points on nine, <laughs> eight points on nine shots with four rebounds and four assists in 28 minutes. He deserves nothing. He should not should be playing. Nothing. I don't know how many times... I wish Kenny Atkinson listened to his podcast because there's no way Jared Dudley should be playing. Every way you break it down, he is the most meaningless player <laughs> on the court at all times. You can b- put out Kenneth Fareed, and I still say that Jared I would. Ha- Dudley I would rather play Kenneth Fareed than player. Jared Dudley. Rondell Hollis Jefferson started at center because Jared Allen was dealing with the illness. He had 14 points on 5 of 10 shooting with 6 rebounds and 5 assists. He also had 3 steals and a block. I'll say it was unfair to put him... At the five. Guarding cat. cat. So, you have Ed Davis. Why you do not start Ed Davis and why you continue to play Jared Dudley as priority number one makes no sense to me. But, and we're not saying Ed Davis could lock up Cat, but he's better equipped to play defense on Carl Anthony Towns than Rondé Hollis Jefferson. And that's not... Rondé Hollis Jefferson's fault because he is undersized. He's a great defensive player. If the coach tell you start at center, you're gonna start at center. So, Alan Crab, uh, he's st- <laughs> Alan Crab, still the largest pile of garbage that the Nets could have ever picked up. I don't know how long you could say, oh, he's rusty from the injury any longer. This man had six points on two it's of nine. It's to the shooting. point where it's like significant. It's actually like people get. Fans on Twitter get happy when he makes a three. That's his job, is to make He's threes. He's supposed to be the best three-point shooter on the team. Him and Joe Harris should. And the fact that game after game, he's one for eight, two for nine, three for 11, one for seven, one for six, oh for eight. It is just ridiculous. Um, uh, Dinwiddie fouled out in 28 minutes, but had 14 points on five of 10 shooting with three assists. Damari Carroll... Had 11 points and 5 rebounds in 23 minutes. They're working him back slow, but this so, is a good game in my opinion. So, Ed Davis had 7 points and 14 rebounds. He is the old reliable of rebounds. <laughs> he is. He, he really always is. provides the board. I love Ed Davis. Yeah, he's one of the best rebounders in the game. Good pickup for them. And my fan favorite, Shabazz Napier. 4 points, 2 of 2 shooting in 4 minutes. My Honestly... You have to free Shabazz Napier at this point. I really do not understand why Kenny Atkinson does not play him. He shoots efficiently almost every game that he gets minutes. He puts up points quickly. He provides spurt scoring off the bench, and he's not the worst defender. So I don't understand what's keeping him in the doghouse. So for D'Angelo Russell, this was his best game of the season. He led the Nets in scoring. Finally, it took a Karis LeVert injury for him to do it, unfortunately. But he finished with 31 points and 6 assists to go along with 2 rebounds and 2 steals on 10 of 22 shooting and set his own personal record for threes made in the game, 9 of 15. I personally don't like that. 27 of his 31 points came off of three-pointers because that's not... He can't consistently do that on a regular basis. I'd rather see him get... 25 or, or like 20, 23 off of twos and layups, free throws, and then a couple of threes. But no, not 27 of his points came off threes, and there's no way he replicates that in another game. I mean, so it's good to see that he shot 60% from three. He's actually been a pretty 
good three point shooter so far. I remember, and he, this was a, he. This he was coming off a cold stretch because remember he went one for six or zero yeah. for six, two straight and games. So he he is a good three point shooter. He's going to knock down threes, but the startling part is that he was one for seven from shots that weren't threes. That's what I'm saying. That's that shouldn't be the case, and he's gonna have to work on that now. Uh, on to the Timberwolves side of things. Okay, so Carl Anthony Towns had one of the weirdest games I've ever seen. He had a 20-20 game, 25 points, 21 rebounds, missed two shots, 9 of 11. So you're going to say, amazing game, right? He, there's What could go wrong? Well, what could go wrong is that the Nets had 13 turnovers, and he had a triple-double with turnovers as he had 10 himself. So and they still won. They, they won regardless, <laughs> but he had 10 turnovers by himself so it's a good game but some bad in it i guess like like for fantasy that's a a nine cat nightmare with 10 literally but eight cat super gem like it was a weird game for this they are the nets once again proved they have trouble guarding guards or opponents back course they gave up 47 points to d rose and jeff t in jeff teague's return too exactly d rose had 23 points and six assists and jeff teague had 24 11 and 3 and 34 minutes taj gibson had 17 and 9 and 33 minutes and andrew wiggins had 13 and 6 and 37 minutes. i know i know we shouldn't focus on the timberwolves at all really but do you think derrick rose should stay in their starting lineup. He's playing so well. I'm so happy for him. But I feel like he should. Why, why take him out? I honestly don't think the Timberwolves are making the playoffs. What, what I want right now from them is I hope that... I know they have so much invested in Wiggins, but I really think he deserves to come off the bench right now. With, I've been saying this Coven- for years, that Wiggins isn't the best player. coming back, I think their best lineup would be T. Rose, Covington, Gibson, Orsarich, and Towns. I, f- I feel the exact same way. I feel like I also, like I said, the Timberwolves aren't making the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I, they, they weren't making it with Jim. They barely made it last year with Jimmy Butler. Literally beat the Nuggets on the final game of the season to make it. And they're definitely not making it this year. So, sure, leave D-Rose in the lineup. On to the Karis LeVert injury and how it's going to affect the Nets. It, it, it's, it's bittersweet, more bitter than sweet, of course, because we never want to see someone like Karis LeVert go down. But the sweet aspect of it is it's going to give the other players a chance, uh, more opportunity to develop. The way we're going to break this down is we've developed six questions here, and we're going to go through each one of them. Uh, the first one is, what is your starting lineup moving forward, including their overall rotation? And... Uh... The and well another like sidebar to it is my free Shabazz Napier should be a result of this although he will not be a starter but my starting lineup <coughs> is D'Angelo Russell once everyone is healthy I don't think this will happen immediately I think what Najee's lineup is which includes Dinwiddie as a starter. Wow, well, just spoil it for me. Will probably happen now because Damare Carroll's not completely back yet. But I think their lineup should be D'Lo, Joe Harris, Damare Carroll, Rondé Hollis Jefferson slash Dudley because he doesn't give up on Dudley, and Jared Allen. So, I, J- Joe Harris is all reliable, but he is not big enough to play small forward. He is a shooting guard. He was forced into the three by Karis LeVert, forcing his way into the starting lineup. So, 
if they slide him up to a two, that might actually improve their guard defense. Damari Carroll is a capable defender at the three. And then you have Rondé Hollis at the four. That's just a balanced lineup of offense and defense. For me, I feel like their starting lineup should be, their optimal starting lineup for me would be D'Angelo Russell at the, no, Spencer Dinwiddie at the one, D'Angelo Russell at the two, uh, Joe Harris at the three, Rondé Hollis Jefferson at the four, and Jared Allen at the five. Slash Jared Dudley at the four. Stop it. I'll never say that man's name <laughs> in my lineup. But, uh, and then their six man would be Shabazz Napier. I'd basically put him in the Spencer Dinwiddie role, allow him to break out, hopefully, and uh, show why the Nets signed him. Because he was, that's basically the role he played for the uh, Portland Trailblazers. So why not allow him to do it here? Um, uh, for me, Car- if, if, for me, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Leave Harris at the three. Um, and Karis LeVert was the Nets' leading scorer, bringing them about 21 points per game, and they're going to need to make that those points up somewhere. So I'm saying having a Dinwiddie D'Lo backcourt is nowhere near equivalent to a D'Lo LeVert, but it's the closest thing they're going to get. And if they want to make up those points Karis is not giving them anymore, uh, if they want to make up those points that Karis that losing Karis loses them, then that would be the best lineup for them, in my opinion. Um, I and like Hunter, I'm a I'm not a huge Shabazz Napier fan, but I feel like adding, make, giving him more minutes and more opportunity could only help them. And uh, have Demar Carroll come off the bench, it'd be a pretty decent bench unit. Um, do, definitely not playing Jared Dudley at all. So, and, uh, so your bench five would be Shabazz. It would Shabazz focus around Napier, Shabazz, Alan Crab, Demar Carroll, Ed Davis, and that's about and it. whoever you want to put at the five. Because the Nets clearly don't have a problem with going small. As they put Rondé Hollis Jefferson at the five last game. So they don't have a problem with going small. You can put him at, you can play Jared Allen more than, because right now Jared Allen plays like 24 minutes a game. Sure, you can be, spend some time with the bench unit and the starters. You can move Rondé Hollis Jefferson around. They have a whole bunch of versatile players, so you might as well use them. Back Kenneth Farid out the garage and play him if you need to. And so I have my five starters plus the Dudley, who's not going to lose his spot, as the first six in the rotation. The two off the bench are Napier and Dinwiddie. They're going to be the tandem, with Crab as the three off the bench, and then whichever one of RHJ and Dudley doesn't start gets to play the four, and Ed Davis at the five. And then if you need another 11th player, my first next person is Rodion's Kurooks, who's made good use of his minutes but that's only if the game is up a lot down a lot basketball <laughs> uh moving on to the next question but yeah that's how we think the uh, their starting lineup should be affected or that's what we think they should do with their starting lineup moving on to the next question how do the how does it impact their free agent recruiting we're taking a look into the future so even though Lavert's not out for the season it could impact it if he's not the same when he returns Around the All-Star break. Because we're talking about two different things. If Karis LeVert was to have... Ne- if, if he doesn't play the rest of the season like we thought, or most people thought yesterday or last night after the injury happened, it's a different story. But now, since he's going to be playing for the rest of the... Because it leaves some sort of... Maybe he's still the same player. And he very well could be. But now, if he comes back, 
his timetable is two to three months, likely. It hasn't been, it's not official, but that's what most people are saying. That's what a doctor said. So two to three months. We're saying that's going to leave him sometime around the All-Star break. Let's say he comes back after the All-Star break. He's not the same player. What that that doesn't bode well for their free agency. Because now, instead of having two budding stars in D'Lo and Karis LeVert, they now have D'Lo, who let's say he does have a great season, rest of the season, and then Karis LeVert comes back, he's injured, and he may not never be the same again. That doesn't bode well for their free agency. There are no huge free agents that the Nets are going to sign this free agency. So, I mean, if they want to... By huge, we mean like Jimmy Butler, yeah, Clay, Clay Thompson, Thompson Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Like... The biggest person that I could see them signing is Tobias Harris. He is unrestricted. And think about it. Would you rather be with the Clippers franchise with their core of Shy Gilgis Alexander and Montrez Harrell? Or would you rather be with the Nets in Brooklyn with their core of D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, and Jared Allen? True, I'd rather be with the Nets. So, And they have the money for him. They're going to so, have to give him a max. Tobias Harris is worth it. He's proved it this year. And if they got Tobias, that that brings them up to fifth, sixth seed. That, that's, Whoa, that's a little. I, definitely. I, I go like bubble think, team seven, think, eight. You don't think Jared Allen and D'Lo are going to develop from here It to depends year on how much they develop, but okay, fine. Five, six. Because look at what Karras did in one year. Okay. All it would take is a Jared Allen They still have Karras, too. So, that's what. so I say they get Tobias. I really hope so. They have to regardless of this injury. I think that you can look at this team and see the potential going forward. So I don't think it will hurt them much in reality, unless Levert comes back and is noticeably awful. Then then that's a problem. But I don't see that happening, and I really hope not. So we'll see. Uh, the third question, should the Nets make any trades if they start to lose? Should they try and move Dinwiddie, Harris, Carroll, Crabb, etc.? Everyone except D'Lo and Jared Allen are can go. Really That's Yeah, I feel that way too. Everyone go. except D'Lo, Jared Allen, and Karis LeVert. If you need to trade them, you is trade it, them. Is it ideal? No. Are they untouchable? No. no. But if they, are, if they go on a massive losing streak because LeVert is out, and they get an offer for Dinwiddie that involves a pick. You take they it. They get an and offer you go. for Harris or Crab that includes a pick. They get a salary dump with Crab, and they get a second rounder. You you take these things. They clearing up Crab's money is something that is so ideal right now. You don't want that contract. So if if moving Dinwiddie for a a pick or Crab comes up while they're losing. I think they might have to take it. Because this season is not going to go anywhere with Lavert being out, really. The, the best that can happen is 8th seed, and if it happens, they're just going to get swept by the 1 seed. <laughs> uh, the next question is, can the, can the Nets still make the playoffs? I think it's a resounding no. Unless they somehow, unless D'Lo takes a ginormous leap and averages like 24, 25 points a game, and becomes like a legitimate franchise player and carries the Nets until LeVert can come back, I don't think they have a chance of making the playoffs anymore. They were, what, the eighth seed 
or the sixth seed with Karis LeVert, and now he's out. That's a their leading scorer down for a good majority of the season. So, in my opinion, I don't think they're they're when Karis LeVert went down, so did their chance of making the playoffs. So, I think if D'Angelo Russell steps up and plays like how he can play and played in the first nine games last season, they have a chance of being the seventh or eighth seed. Does that really mean anything? No. I think it, if they made if, the playoffs, that would it, mean something. Yeah, I mean, it helps their free agent recruiting. They'd be able to pitch that they were a playoff team without the star that they're trying to get. But obviously they're not winning the championship this season. Not a chance. Their, their, goal, their goal, I guess, is the playoffs and to look as good for free agents as they can while developing their younger players currently. But I think they can still make the playoffs. They'll have to get some lucky bounces their way, win some close games. But I, I say no, nothing above the seventh seed, nothing below the eleven seed. They're gonna hover around that range. Uh, the next question is, what does this mean for D'Lo? What does Levert's injury mean for D'Lo? Okay, so D'Lo didn't want this. Obviously, no one wants to see someone on their team get hurt he was obviously heartbroken by it he had the towels on his head on the bench he couldn't look but it was the best thing that could happen for his season he he needed this for his career it it sucks to say he needed Karis Levert to get injured for his career and the pressure is on now like there's no like there's there's no time for him to be bad this is his opportunity because he has it over Dinwiddie. He didn't last year when he came back from injury. And he didn't the beginning of this year because of Karras. This is now his time. You have the ball. It's your shot to take. You're bringing it up. You run the offense. You decide who gets the ball. You decide who shoots. You decide how the game goes. And he de- and he has shown he doesn't know how to decide these things correctly. But I also feel like this is Kenny Atkinson's time to just be like, listen. He has to take the listen, leash off. Listen, buddy. Run free. Now that Karras is hurt, he has no security blanket to cover him. Because no, Dinwiddie will have to cover Karras' spot. So unless you trust Shabazz Napier so much that you're going to pull D'Lo to 25 minutes still and pull him every time he gets a turnover or a bad missed shot, things are not going to go well. You need to let him play 35 minutes a game. You need to let him put up numbers. And if they lose, they lose. But if he they has lose, to yeah. learn. Like if they lose, they lose. They, there's no point anymore of trying to win. Karis went down. That's it. There's, as sad as that is to there's say, nothing, that's there's the reality of the situation. There's nothing you're going to do about it now. So why not let D'Lo and Jared Allen develop? And instead of playing them 24 to 27 minutes, play them 33 minutes plus a game like play them like a normal star would play for teams because Jared Allen can play that much he just he just struggles a little bit Kenny Atkinson doesn't like to play people 30 minutes I don't think since he's been hired there's been someone that's averaged 30 minutes the second he sees a bad play he immediately tells someone to go get them off the bench like he he just he doesn't he's not a friendly I get the no nonsense type of thing yes but at this point do you, do you, there's no there's no purpose but for it. But think about it. Think about it. It's like Steve Kerr when Steph Curry goes down. He just lets Quinn Cook play. Play 35 minutes 35, a game. 40 minutes. Why he just lets not? Quinn Cook play. And he knows. And it means way, those games mean way more for the Warriors. Well, yeah. not regular season games, but like 
they know they're going to win. And he, he just lets Quinn Cook play. Even if he makes a mistake, oh, well, this is how this kid is going to learn. Like, he won't do that with Jordan Bell and stuff when everyone is healthy because there's more ideal options on the court. But there's no more ideal option than D'Lo on the court right now. So I, I don't understand why he's not going to play him 30 minutes. I expect from here on out to see almost every game 30 minutes in the box score. Moving on to the last question, do you think Karras will be the same upon return? Apparently, it's no. there should be lo- no long-term effects of this injury, but still, mentally, will he come back and be <coughs> the same player? I feel like he, he, he should be able to. He, he's a strong person. And from what I've seen, this isn't the first injury he's dealt with, and he's bounced back every time. So what I'm more worried about is the power dynamic that will be there when he gets back. Because when he left the team, he was the he was a one a he was one he was the number one option on the team, taking all the last second shots. Their best player. If the season goes how we think, and D'Lo <coughs> steps up, by the time he comes back, D'Lo will be in that position. So for him, he's gonna have to adjust to not being that star player anymore. It's kind of what it reminds me of what happened to D'Lo last season when he played the first nine games and went down. Spencer Dinwiddie awoke, awoke. Spencer Dinwiddie broke out, and then D'Lo came back, and he he was lost for the first couple of games because it was a different team than when he left. So, I'll tell you, I think that it's going to be similar to what Gordon Hayward is going through right now. Although Hayward's injury was way more severe, um, Lavert is going to get in his own head every time he sees someone going out for a layup. I believe he's going to think in his head, what if I jump and he lands on my foot again? There, it's, it's the same thing as Hayward. Because if you notice, he's not playing the same way he did in Utah. He's, he's playing pretty bad basketball right now. And a lot of Celtics fans are giving up on him, which isn't really fair to him. Being that he's coming off of one of the worst injuries in history. But you get in your own head. Like Derrick Rose did the same thing. These ACL injuries got in his head, and now he's finally out of his head, and he's playing great for the Timberwolves. He's he's putting up 20 points a game. He had a 50-point game. Set, he was killing the Lakers. He he is back. Hayward can be back if he gets out of his head and, and starts being aggressive like he was in Utah instead of settling for mid-range jumpers every time because he's afraid to drive to the basket. And... If Karis LeVert has the mindset where he can just come back and play the same, great. Then I don't think he'll take any real hit. Maybe his efficiency will go down because he'll be rusty after sitting for three months. The Allen Crab effect. But I think he'll still be a lot better than he was last year regardless. And he'll still be the starting shooting guard upon his return. He'll still push Dinwiddie or Joe Harris or Carroll, whoever takes the spot in the lineup out of the lineup. All in all, it is a horrible thing for <coughs> Karis LeVert and the Nets have to deal with, but we wish him the best, and we know he'll come back and bounce back and be stronger than ever. On to our bet. If you guys were wondering, we've decided that it's null and void. Well, we had said that if there's an injury that makes a miss exactly. more than, I think, 15 games, that it would be null and void. However, so no one will be writing anything on their no, back no, no, or no, torso. No, 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 no. Najee has agreed that if 
Karis LeVert miraculously still ends up with more Brooklyn Ballers of the Week than D'Angelo Russell come April, that he's still going to do it. Right now, he has three. Right now, Karis so has three. D'Lo has to make up three by the In All-Star three months. <laughs> he has three months to get three. So, sh- I should be fine. But, uh, yes, like we said, Karis will likely return <coughs> at some point. Two to three months, he'll be back. He should be back by the All-Star break, hopefully. And it's good to see that it's not a season-ending injury. Looking ahead, the uh, Nets' next three games are the Heat, the Wizards, and the Clippers. All three are winnable games. I feel like they can definitely... The most winnable would probably be the Wizards for me. I would I would only say the Heat because it's in Brooklyn. But the the Wizards are the worst team there. The Clippers are rolling right now. They just beat the Warriors. Uh, if I had to make a prediction, I'd say they lose to the Heat on Wednesday, beat the Wizards on Friday, and lose to the Clippers in on Saturday in Brooklyn. They go one and three in this next couple. I in say, these next couple games, I say beat the Heat, lose to the Wizards, lose to the Clippers. We we shall see. But uh, yeah, that'll be it for this episode, guys. Make sure you follow us on iTunes. Follow us at Hootball Nets. On Twitter, if you want to follow us individually, I'm at Najee Adams underscore. If you don't know how to spell Najee, it's N-A-J-E-E Adams underscore Hunter. At Hunter underscore J-K-R. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you all next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.